0: to get 50% off that's code selling with love 50 at factormeals.com/ com slash selling with love 50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad.
1: It was possible to be good at something and still be miserable because most people think that, you know, I'm good at this, so I should like it, but that isn't
0: true. Hey everyone, I'm excited to release this latest episode, which was actually recorded prior to all of the things that we see today with the coronavirus. And know that the information in here is extremely relevant. But if you notice anything that might not be taking into consideration current events, just know that it's because it was recorded prior, and we still want to make sure that we release content that is relevant for you for the years to come. Before we start the episode, I have an important announcement to make. We are going to start a new feature on the show. In AMA at the end where you'll get a chance to interact with me and I get to answer any question you have. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And so if you have any questions around your workplace, things that you want around productivity, managing your team, scaling the organization, or about me or Mindvalley, go ahead and email me the question on jason at mindvalley.com. I look forward to hearing all of your questions and we'll get a chance to interact at the end of future podcast episodes. Now let's get started. Hi everybody, Jason Campbell here and welcome back to Superhumans at Work. We're gonna be talking about a reinvention in your career today and I'm bringing to you the one and only queen of reinvention, which was quoted by Fortune Magazine. She is Coach Pamela Mitchell. She's the founder and chief visionary officer of the Reinvention Institute. She owns her own podcast, which is the Liftoff Podcast and she's been working with individuals and organizations around the world, really helping them understand what is the process of reinventing yourself. Why is it so important? And this is really what we're going to be discussing today. She's the author of the book, The 10 Laws of Career Reinvention, Essential Survival Skill for Any Economy. And as we step into 2020, there's a lot of different sentiment in the marketplace. Is the economy going up? Is it going down? Should I be getting nervous? Let's talk about this and so much more with Coach Pamela. Coach Pamela, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Jason, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here
0: now i'm super excited to have you here because you talk about something that's probably happening in the back of the minds of a lot of people this whole career reinvention and i feel like you've went through a path where you've started really speaking about this topic and people weren't really listening until a certain event happened in 2007 so i'd love for you to maybe start with that journey of how you got into that how the market recepted it and maybe even make some parallels to what's happening today
1: Yes. Well, you know, this is the company that I wish had existed when I was in my corporate career and wanted to make a change. And there was nothing out there. I started off on Wall Street, and that had been a big dream of mine. And so I'd worked, you know, I'd gone to grad school, I'd done all of these things. You know, I'm from Wisconsin, so not a background that naturally led to this. Put all that in there, went to Wall Street. Yay, I've got my dream. I'm so excited. Six months in, I'm like, I hate it. And I think a lot of people find that, you know, we have our dreams and we get there, and then that dream does not match the reality of the dream, does not match what we thought we were going to be experiencing. And that's when we come to this moment of what do we do? So, what most of us do, what I did in the moment was ignore it and (laughs) kept working, right? And did really well. And that's when I also learned that it was possible to be good at something and still be miserable because most people think that, you know, I'm good at this, so I should like it. But that isn't true because we can have talents, but it's really about what feeds our spirit. So after five years, I was like done and done. And I quit without a plan, without a clue. As I said, went looking for a book, a company, a coach to help me, nothing. So I had to figure it out the hard way. And I made pretty much every mistake in the book but I made the transition. I did move to a different career in entertainment, spent nine years negotiating overseas partnership deals for entertainment companies and loved it. And then after those nine years, got to a point where, again, I was like, you know what, this has been great, but it's time for another change. And I think that's what's really important, Jason, for people to understand is that reinvention is a skill that helps us navigate both those external changes, like, you know, society's changing, the world of work is changing, what do I do with that? But also the internal changes, because we change as people, we grow. And so the person who made that choice five years ago is not the person sitting in your chair today. And the person who you are today may have different dreams, different talents, different skills that have expanded. And you want to have that ability to make a move based on what you want out of your life today.
0: Mm. And that's so important to know how much we grow. And that means you can actually have to look at different choices in your life. So if your career is not growing at the pace that you are, there's perhaps some times that you need to look at other ways that you can actually use your talents and serve the world in the best way. And we're going to be going through some of these laws here. And you talked about these internal changes, and I see how that's important. What about on the external side? Because I made a parallel here talking about that whole great recession that happened in 2008. A lot of people caught themselves realizing that, wow, my position doesn't even exist anymore. What do you have to keep an eye on externally to be making sure that you are prepared for reinvention? And is this something we should be looking at more closely in the year 2020?
1: Absolutely, because what's happening now is actually kind of similar to what was happening in 2008, which is the fact that industries which had been sort of legacy industries, were going through very fundamental changes. And we're finding that even kind of what's happening in the online world at the moment, you know, with Google and Facebook, which have basically traditionally been really great places, but now we're starting to deal with a lot of headwinds in terms of their impact on society and stuff. So what's important to understand is that we can be working in an industry that will be going along, and then all of a sudden, something will happen. And so we have to keep our eyes on what's happening in the world politically, what's happening in the world economically. You know, I always say we have two jobs. One is the job that we're actually doing. And the other is to stay in tune with what's going on in the world. And so that you can always be adapting, positioning yourself, adding things to yourself so that when it comes time to make a move, that you're ready.
0: Okay. So in this case, everybody listening, always keep an eye on what is happening in the world. And you've mentioned here politically, economically, are there certain things? Is it just like keep up with the news? Are there certain specific things we should be looking out for?
1: I think you should be looking out for trends. I mean, I'm a Mm. big trend person. Where are things headed? What's going on with society? Like right now, we've got this trend that's going on with, you have the boomers who are aging into another sort of cohort about how they're adapting to the world, but they're living longer. So this idea of retirement is really interesting because it's changed, right? It used to be that you retired at 55, 60, and that was kind of it. You had 10 years and you were done. But now financial planners are basically scoping out to year 100. Like we are living longer as people. So what's important to understand about that is that now instead of having maybe one or two careers, we actually can have up to four. And so you want to be thinking about what's happening from a trend perspective. If retirement's changing and this new cohort needs to be served in a different way, What skills and talents might I have to take advantage of that, but understand it's only going to maybe be for 20 to 30 years, and then it'll change again. So that's the cool thing about reinvention. I say it's a form of life insurance for your career. (laughs)
0: I love it. Of course. Yeah, because you want to always make sure that you're ready to jump into whatever the trend is happening And you're Mm -hmm. going to have to nurture the right skills to get there And I love that you break down your entire book into 10 laws And I think for everybody listening you're going to get a glance at some of these laws And how you can actually be more proactive in the way that you could reinvent yourself if that situation does arise And I want to start with that first law, which I think is very interesting because even for yourself You found the career that you were good at And it seemed like the one that paid a lot, you were on Wall Street, yet you didn't find that satisfaction. And I feel like law one probably has a lot to do with that. So can you break us down on the first law, which is all about like starting with a vision of your life?
1: Yes, it does start with a vision for your life. And one of the things, Jason, that I find is that one of the biggest things that make people unhappy is this disconnect between the life that their career delivers and the life that they want to be living. And so what people have to remember is that careers are a mechanism to deliver the life that we want. So it's not an automatic assumption that just because you have a career that you automatically get the life you want. So you have to look at what is the life that I want to be living? And then does this career facilitate it? And so life I want to be living goes beyond just lifestyle, right? It goes beyond just money. goes beyond just the city you live in. It goes into who do I want to be surrounded with on a day-by-day basis? What's the impact that I want to have on the world? Do I feel like my mission and my passion are being fulfilled here? So these are questions that are all important because if you're going to be showing up every day, you want to make sure that you're getting the life that you want.
0: Mm. And I mean, for the people listening to this, I don't know how much you're engaged with Mind Valley's content and programs, but if you're someone who's considered lifebook in your arsenal of tools, that's actually something that I personally take myself where I divide my life in twelve categories, looking at career being one of them. And then you actually start looking at it with a different lens, not just like, oh my God, I need to get the job, get the car, get the house, get the spouse, like kind of straight line. What would you say are some of the biggest gaps in visioning that people forget to consider when it comes to designing their life? And this is even before choosing career. It's just getting some sort of clarity of what you want. Are you seeing some gaps that people typically have?
1: One of the biggest gaps that I see, which is a really interesting gap, is that people tend to go to tactics before they go into sort of the deeper inquiry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i'm raising my hand here i'm like god i get so excited i'd be like yes new tactic i'm excited let's do and i don't take a step back so
1: that's right that's tell right me more and, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yes you know one of the things that people always think when they come to reinvention they're always like tell me what to do But reinvention happens on three levels. There's a spirit level, there's a mindset level, and there's a tactical level. All three have to be in alignment. And it starts with spirit. So your spirit is what you need to have practice tuning into what actually feeds your spirit, because that's why we're here on earth. You know, we're not just here to be creating things that don't feed us. Like we're all here for a particular purpose. We know that when we tune in. Then mindset is the intellectual framework that allows us to execute in the world of form. And tactics are the things that we do. And the tactics change according to where we are in society. But spirit doesn't change, right? We evolve. Spirit evolves. Mindset we have to work on. So the biggest mistake that I see people doing is that they're trying to control from a mindset and a tactics perspective without tuning into their spirit to say, what does my spirit say I want?
0: I feel like I've had some moments where I'm, if I'm looking to develop a new skill, so maybe not necessarily a big career change, maybe it's just developing a new mm-hmm. skill, I'll just like grab a course and I'll be like, yes, I'll buy a course and then yes, and then now, oh, why am I not excited about finishing it? It seems like that might be because I like the vision there.
1: You know, tuning into our spirit is a practice. Mm. And so we have to practice that. We have to practice being able to hear how our spirit talks to us. And to understand when our mindset or that mental framework or that ego is coming in and sort of overriding the spirit. So your mind might have thought it was a good idea to do this because intellectually we're engaged. You know, we're smart people. Our minds like to be engaged with things. But the challenge is is to make sure that our mind is engaged with things that are really going to fulfill our spirit. And that's why law two is about tuning into your body Because when we tune into our bodies, that's where the truth of the spirit actually starts to sit.
0: Tell us more about that. So law number two, your body is your best guide.
1: Yes, your body is your best guide. So we have all had that experience where our mind is saying,
0: we should do
1: this, or this sounds really interesting. And our body is like, "Eh," and our mind overrides it. So, part of this journey is understanding where to tune in and how to tune into our body so that we can use that information to create a life that we find fulfilling and a career that we find fulfilling. So, my second reinvention was to start the Reinvention Institute, right? I was like, I want to make a difference. What makes me a good coach made me good in the corporate environments because I understood people. So, I was good at senior levels playing all the politics. But that didn't make a difference in the world, and I wanted to make a difference in the world. I lived in Manhattan then, and I never thought I would leave New York City. But one day I tuned into my body and I realized that every time I heard a siren, I would get tense. Well, in New York City, that meant I was always tense. So once I tuned into my body, I could start to think, you know, maybe I would like to live somewhere else, whereas my head wasn't willing to entertain that right up front. And then that's how I ended up in Miami, which has been fabulous in unexpected ways, but only because I listened to my body and said, let's follow what that's saying.
0: I love it. I've had a similar experience where I felt drawn to relocate to Miami as well, as I mentioned before, where I spent a few months there. Beautiful vibes there, great weather, really loved it. And now, here I came back to Malaysia, not feeling it. I'm having allergies, my body's fighting me. My partner actually decided to move to Bali, all of the systems cleared, and is saying, Hey, what are you doing there? My mind was like, No, I need to be here. And then I said, like, Wait a second. I started really looking at the pros and cons. And I was like, My God, no, I can do everything for Bali. And so, why wouldn't I be there? So, that was something that I was like, It wasn't a reinvention. Obviously, here was more of a relocation, but still, on one basis. It's here. It's a decision that creates a life change. Listening to the body, you're saying like typically you'll find like, you know, a lot of times it's almost like you want to make a decision. It just doesn't feel good in the gut. Is it localized in particular spaces? Is there particular, do you just know? How does it manifest? Ah, here?
1: Well, you know, there's so many cool ways of doing that. And every person's body is unique. That's another thing is that you have to learn how your body speaks to you. I know a lot of people, it is their gut. Me, my throat gets tight. So I tell a story about when I was walking down Wall Street and all the tension would go up my chest until I couldn't breathe. So I know if my throat is tight, mm. that my body's trying to talk to me or my shoulders get tense. So really starting to tune in or you know, a really great way. I always love Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Body. I mean, that is just a great book, a great reference, because our bodies are talking to us all the time. So if we're looking at what allergies mean or what the metaphysical meanings of all these different illnesses that might be popping up, that's also a very fruitful path to look to say, what is our body trying to tell us here about Mm. what we're doing?
0: I love it. Now, I was going to ask you on a different note. You know, there's some times that I've been in a career, let's say, and I'm like, I feel like I'm going through a challenging time Mm -hmm. and then my gut or something in my body will be kind of sending me a message saying, wow, this isn't comfortable. At what point do you feel like the message you're getting from the body is basically the being comfortable with the uncomfortable because you're pushing your limits as opposed to screaming at you to change directions?
1: I love that question. That is such an insightful question and a really important distinction. So this is, again, where the partnership between the body and the mind is so critical and why we have to have such awareness between the two. So... When we feel something in our body, we know that our body is giving us a message. Then we use the mind, the intellect, to say, what is happening around me? Why am I feeling uncomfortable? What's the situation going here? And then that's when we start to take ourselves through some very core questions. One of the things that I say is that it's okay to be miserable for a while, in your career. It's actually a good thing to be miserable for a while in your career. It builds resiliency. It builds patience. You know, I wouldn't take back those five years for anything. The other thing that I think is also really important, the key question to ask, to distinguish, is it, you know, a message from my body or is it an intellect, is am I growing here? Because if you are growing, then you know it's just that you're expanding and it's uncomfortable. But if there's growth and there's learning happening, then you actually want to stay, even if you're not liking it, even if it feels uncomfortable, because we're playing the long game here. We don't know oftentimes when we're going through a situation how it's going to be useful to us down the road. So that's why even when we're in a situation, it feels uncomfortable. That's why I stayed for five years. For five years, I was learning. I was doing things that I didn't want to do, but all of those skills came back down the road. So as long as you're learning, as long as you're getting a chance to actually execute things, to see the fruits of your labor, to have successes, have things that aren't success and fix them, it's worth staying. Mm -hmm. If none of that's the case, time to go.
0: Wow, that's a really clear indication. And honestly, thank you, because this is really something that I constantly think about. So growth is the key. If you're growing, then there's still possibly some things for you to get from where you are. And then you're going through the end comfort. Now, I realize all of these laws are so in-depth and you have all 10 of them. So I, I feel like we'll probably get the chance to cover one more here. And I was going to give it to you and tell me, what do you think would be one of the laws that we'd have the time to cover here that would be most fruitful to discuss in the time we have together?
1: Well, you know, my favorite law is law number three, progress begins when we stop making excuses. I love that law because excuse making is the biggest thing that blocks us from having what we want in our lives, it's like a drug. Oh, I'm just going to make an excuse about why I'm not doing this or why you know, my life isn't the way that I want. So if you want to make progress, you have to give up excuse making.
0: And how does that come up typically? Like, Are we saying everything that's happening around me, I have to take responsibility, even when it's not really my fault?
1: <laughs> I love that. That's a great question. Okay. We don't control what happens to us, but we do control how we respond and what we make of it. So we don't have the circumstances, you know, like we didn't control family of origin that we were born in. We didn't have control as we were children coming up. You know, we didn't have that. But as adults, if we're still looking back to, well, I didn't get this in my childhood, well, now it's on you because here's the thing you're an adult now, you get to create. So, yeah, you didn't get that then, but now you have agency. So now you're able to create. Even in, say, when life throws us these curveballs or society wipes out our industry, we don't control those things, but we do control what we make of the situation that has been given to us. So, if we're sitting there saying, it's not my fault, and we use that as a response to just sit back, then what we get is on us. If we're like, this happened, and yeah, I didn't control it, but I have the skills so I can create again. Because here's the thing that I learned in September 11th. Three months before September 11th happened, I looked around my loft in Tribeca, and I looked at all the things, and I said, what is all this stuff? There are all these things here. And I had this epiphany. I had this moment where I realized that I created everything, I created that loft, I had created that life, and I said, you know what, if all of this goes away, I can create again. So that's where we really start to give up excuses. I didn't control three months down the road where all of a sudden the towers were falling, but I could control what I created from having gone through that situation and how I let it unfold in my life.
0: I asked that question because I know for myself, I am a big taker of responsibility. Like I want to always, because I feel like I, I then have power. It Mm -hmm. leaves me with feeling very powerful. And then I can actually start moving in the direction that I want, because Mm -hmm. I'm not using this, like, it's almost like a painkiller, you know, Mm -hmm. the excuse, Mm -hmm. and you use the excuse and then it almost infringes on your law number two here, where you actually don't pay attention to the body anymore. You just make Mm -hmm. an excuse for it. And so... I love how all of these really tie in together. So as we step into this, because we've covered three powerful here, we talk about the vision and just over a recap here on a vision perspective, you want to get clear on what is it that you want, what's the life you want to design and ensuring that whatever career that you're in is feeding into the vision for your life and not making your vision as a circumstance of your current employment because the employment can change, the career can change, the vision can always be modified, but it will always be yours. Super important. then we talk about your body looking as a guide. If you're feeling that you're getting a feedback in the body that's kind of telling you like, hey, this is maybe not the right thing. You first do a gut check saying, hey, or whatever body part check, is this leading to growth that's bringing me still aligned to the vision? And if that's the case, maybe there's a challenge to overcome here or if you notice there is no growth and there is disalignment, you're feeling it in the body, this is when you wanna start using the triggers of go, okay, a reinvention is possibly what needs to be done. And of course, that law number three, your favorite one being don't make excuses regardless of what's happening. Because you know a lot of the noise is happening now. It's like, oh my God, the economy, maybe it's not going so great. There's so many technologies coming out. I don't know if my skills will still be useful. I don't know if my job will even exist in a few years. There's some younger people that are coming into the workforce. They're gonna take my job. There's always some excuses you can make and you're saying, don't make the excuse, take the responsibility. And this is how you actually get to step into your greatness and take charge of the opportunity that's presented as a reinvention might be on the way. I was going to ask you the final question here, which is just, all right, I'm in a process where I am not aligned. And I want to reinvent. Do I have a resource I should go towards? Is there a certain skill I should gravitate towards? What's the first step that I do when I've made the decision that the reinvention is imminent?
1: They can go to my site because I have a quiz, a personality quiz. Like, what is your reinvention personality? I think it's really crucial to understand what is your personality because you've got to understand how to work with yourself. One of the most important things, Jason, is that, again, A lot of people who talk about reinvention talk about the tactical pieces of it, but if you don't know how to coach yourself through something, then you're not going to get the kind of traction that you want or the kind of success that you want. So you got to work on tuning into your spirit, doing that self-coaching to manage your mindset, and then you move on to that sort of execution in the world. But first, you have to understand your personality so you know how to work with yourself and how to do those tactics in a way in alignment instead of triggering resistance.
0: I love it. So we'll have a link to this quiz in the show notes for the podcast. Be sure to check this out. Coach Pamela, We've had an amazing time with you here, and I want to just wrap it up for everybody as we close this off. Listen, when you talk about reinvention, we often focus on the tactics. This is not where you should start. There's the spiritual and the mindset part, which are extremely important. We went through the three of the 10 laws of reinvention about making sure you know the vision of your life, making sure you listen to your body, and you stop making excuses. And now, finally, when you look at this and you know what do you do when you're in the process of reinvention? If you're making that decision that you want to do a reinvention, do the personality quiz so you can get some more insights on yourself. And then if you're curious about going deeper into this topic, I highly recommend you pick up the book, The 10 Laws of Career Reinvention Essential Survival Skills for Any Economy. This has been an amazing time together. Coach Pamela Mitchell, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody tuning in, make sure you listen to yourself, don't make excuses, get clear on the vision, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mine Valley podcast.